Hi, I'm Renata Fast, and you're listening to College Hockey Talk. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matt. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And on today's podcast, we have Renata Fast, who is a 2014 National Championship winner with the Clarkson Golden Knights. She also was a silver medalist with Team Canada back in 2018. And this was a big interview for me. She's one of my favorite women's hockey players. She's one of the best defensemen in women's hockey today. And it was an honor just to get the chance to meet and talk with her about her college hockey experience. And I feel like you guys will really enjoy this interview with her. But before we get to the interview, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media pages on Twitter and Instagram at College Hockey Talk. Also follow our Spotify page and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts leave a rating and review doing these things helps our podcast grow and helps new people find us and i truly appreciate it and if you follow our twitter account you get to see a cool live tweeting from myself about this weekend's umass and uconn college hockey game on friday and saturday so be on the lookout for that if you follow our pages you also get updates on the podcast as well Uh, and if you're a returning listener thank you so much for coming back i really appreciate that uh let's not waste any more time let's get to the right to the interview with renata fast enjoy everyone on today's podcast, we have a very special guest, NCAA champion with the Clarkson Golden Knights and silver medalist with Team Canada back in 2018, Renata Fast. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and how's everything going? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm doing well, you know, just watching the draft right now and seeing what good uh, college hockey prospects will land on NHL teams. Right, yeah, it's an exciting time, that's for sure. <laughs> Now, how's your quarantine been like for you, and what's it been like? Uh, what have you been doing to pass the time during these past few months? Yeah, I mean, it's been a unique situation. Uh, training has changed for sure, but I think I've made the most out of it. Um, I built kind of a gym at home and was able to stay in shape, and now it's been nice to kind of get back with teammates and, and get on the ice and start training on ice. But, um, yeah, definitely a different time, and I definitely got to do some things that – catch up on some things around the house that I wasn't able to do before. You grew up in Ontario. How did you start playing hockey? What made you fall in love with the sport overall? Yeah, so growing up, obviously in Ontario, hockey is huge, especially uh, within the Toronto area. So there's lots of hockey around me, but actually no one in my family played hockey and I really got into the game because um, one of my best friends lived about five houses down the road and and she was in hockey and she came from a big hockey family. And I always saw her outside on her rollerblades playing street hockey. Um, and eventually she was like, you should, you should try ice hockey. So um, she took me to the store with her dad and my mom and got me a set of equipment. And from there, that's kind of how it all started. And uh, the moment I stepped on the ice and was able to skate around, I, I really fell in love with the sport. Um, and then obviously my teammates, uh, I've had incredible teammates. So they've really kept me around all these years. That's great to hear. And growing up, did you have a favorite particular player? And if so, who was it? And what part of their game did you try to emulate to your game? Mm -hmm, Yeah. Growing up, um, if I were to look on like the female side of the game, I really looked up to Becky Keller. Um, She 
was uh, running a bunch of programming in my hometown and I was fortunate enough to go on the ice with her and she's um, a defenseman as well. So um, I love to watch her growing up playing and kind of my role model. Um, but I actually did mainly play kind of forward most of my life. And then I changed back to defense right before college. So um, in terms of like emulating styles of play, uh, I wasn't really like looking too into defensemen as a young kid and seeing the way they play. But uh, now I definitely do. And I'd say there's a player that I, I love to watch and would hope to play like would be uh, Morgan Riley. Love the way that he plays. Nice, nice. And before Clarkson, you played in the PWHL uh, for the Burlington Junior Barracudas. Talk about that experience and what did you take away from it since the PWHL is probably the best development league for young girls playing, going into college hockey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the PWHL is a phenomenal place to develop as a hockey player before you go to college and um, playing for my hometown in the city of Burlington was incredible. Um, I developed a ton during those two years that I got to play. Those were also my first two years. It was a, a steep learning curve, but um, yeah, it, it, you just, there's a whole nother level of competitiveness when you get to that um, age group. Uh, girls are, are more serious with the game and they're looking to take it down. Uh, to go down to the states or um, to play university hockey here in Canada, so um, it's it's pretty serious and uh, competitive. Some great great players, uh, and I definitely developed a ton through that experience and and made a ton of like lifelong friends. Yeah, and how did that experience help you prepare for college hockey specifically? Because I know you were mentioning that you played some forward in the past and then switching over to defenseman. Did that league help you develop that transition well for college hockey? Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the pace of the game is is solid at the PWHL level. And um, I felt like my transition into college hockey was pretty seamless. Um, so I'd say that it definitely tested me and my maybe my first year playing defense um, might have been a little bit tough. But my second year, you know, I started to really get the hang of it. And that just really helped me for when I got that opportunity to go down to Clarkson and start my college career. Yeah, and I also read that you also played soccer and were recruited by other NCAA schools for that sport. My question is, how did playing soccer and other sports help you when it came to your hockey development? Yeah, I think it's so important for athletes to play multiple sports growing up. And I know for me in particular, like I don't think I'd be the athlete that I am today if it wasn't for all the different sports that I played. Um, I don't know if I would have had the success I had on the hockey side of things because so many things translate, um, just instincts and your competitiveness, um, injury prevention. Um, there's, there's really so many components that go that you learn from, I don't know, playing something like soccer. And although you're using your feet, then your hands, you're also running and you're also putting your body in different positions and um, really just becoming a complete athlete. So um, when you do become, you know, more serious with one sport, you've already developed uh, so many skills beyond just the game of hockey that can also help and translate into the game. Yeah, and I want to talk about your recruiting process with Clarkson. Uh, what made you want to go there? And what about the school that made you fall in love with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, when I was getting recruited, um, it's funny looking back. I think um, the biggest driving factor for me and my choice to go to Clarkson was really the coaching staff. Um, the head coach is still the same there at Clarkson, but at the time they had uh, co-head coaches, Matt and Shanda Roche, and they had Matt Kelly, um, uh, who's now at Providence, but he was the assistant coach there. And um, they were just a phenomenal team. Um, they communicated so well with me as, uh, you know, as a, a young athlete and they just made me feel comfortable and they really sold the school to me through that. Um, so that was kind of one of the main driving factors for me. 
Uh, and then also I loved the fact that the campus was only about five hours from, uh, from my hometown. So it gave an opportunity for my parents to come down to watch games. Um, and then also just like the small school, the small campus, small town feel. I really liked how compact that was. Um, so I'd say those were kind of my driving factors. And then finally, it had a, a great academic program. And, and from the hockey side of things, it was, a, it was a growing program. And you could see strength coming its way. And um, as evidence has proven, um, you know, they've had some, some major success now. So a great program as well. Yeah, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to your game when first playing college hockey? Was it the physical aspect, playing against players that are a lot older than you were, or was it the mental side, having to make quicker decisions with the puck, especially as a defenseman? Oh, yeah, I'd say definitely the second one there. Um, being able to make uh, plays under more pressure and make them quicker. Um, I've always been a player who who's used my body well and has been pretty physical. So um, that wasn't too hard for me transitioning to the college game, even though it was a little bit more physical. But I'd say um, I had to learn how to get my head up more and uh, connect with plays quicker because people are on you way faster and they're smarter. Um, you know, they're going right for the puck. And uh, yeah, so I think that was probably my biggest uh, my biggest transition was was learning that. Yeah, and you lost to Harvard in the ECAC semifinals during your freshman season. Even though you lost, what did you take away from that league championship experience, and how did it help you uh, for your team entering the tournament against Boston University that year? Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny thinking back to my freshman year. Um, it seems like I learned so much that year just even about, like, how the NCAA works and ECAC hockey. Um but yeah, we had we had a great team that year. Um, we only had two seniors that year. Um, we had quite a, quite a young team, but uh, it was exciting uh, for us to be able to um, play Boston University in the the quarterfinals for the NCAA's. And uh, I'll never forget that game because it was such a high pressured game. Um, it was like a back and forth. Like we played so well, but like the score, it was a really high score. I forget the exact number, but um, I remember it was like right till the buzzer. We were going hard and. Um, I truly think that if we didn't have that experience my freshman year as a, as a team, um, we wouldn't have had the success we had in my sophomore season. Um, so playing in those NCAA games and playing in those high pressure situations really helped our team to get over the hump the following year. So um, it was devastating to lose that game uh, because we felt that we played really, really well. But looking back on it, um, I, I don't think, you know, I think it set us up for success for the following year. Yeah, and like I just mentioned, uh, or like you just talked about, you did play against BU. They had a lot of talent on that team. They had Mary Phil Poulain, who's obviously one of your Olympic teammates at the time. Uh, what did you learn from playing against a lot of those good talent that BU had, and how did it help you for your sophomore year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they had a really good team. I remember that. I remember when we got matched, the bracket came out, and we were matched up against Boston University. We knew it was going to be a tough, uh, a tough game just because of the talent that they had, but uh, yeah, you you learn so much um, when you play against players like that and you see how hard they work to get the puck to ma- maintain possession and, and get the puck to the net. So um, I think w- we learned a ton uh, on on the importance of playing defense against those top end players and then as well as um, taking care of the puck and really bringing it to the net because um, those are some things that those high end players really do well. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a great game. But yeah, we definitely learned from it.
Now let's talk about that magical run your team had in 2014, winning the national championship. Your team had so much success that year. What was the key for maintaining that success? And what role did you play in trying to sustain it throughout the season, especially during the regular season where a lot of ECAC teams were had a target on your back trying to knock you out of the rankings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's exciting to look back on that year. And when I look on the, when I think about the 2014 year and why we had so much success, I think it's, um, I think it was uh, sticking to the game plan was like how we were successful as a team. Um, our coaches did a great job kind of molding our team and the systems that we wanted to play. And I think throughout the entire year from the beginning of the year to the end, we executed it so well. Um, everyone had a role and everyone stuck to their role. No one was, you know, like trying to fill someone else's role, um, which is, is hard, hard to do on a team, like um, for everyone to accept that role for me individually. Um, I know that I, my, my biggest role was probably a shutdown defenseman for much of the year. Um, and then when we got to the finals into the playoffs, our top defenseman, Erin um, Ambrose, she, she was out with an injury and um, it kind of changed the dynamics on the back end. And uh, for me, I had to play a bigger role and, and contribute a little bit more offensively um, on the power play, take her role there and stuff. So um, no, it was, uh, I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, everyone was ready to step into, to any spot the coach wanted to put them in and, and we really stuck to that game plan and uh really really paid off in the end yeah and you did lose a tough game though against cornell in the ecac championship how hard was that loss and what did you use from that loss to motivate you guys uh heading into the tournament that year <laughs> that was a tough loss um i'll never forget that we were at home uh at chile arena and uh we were having such a phenomenal season we were, we were excited to play that ecac final and um and uh, win the ECACs, but Cornell came out strong. Uh, they had they had some powerful players on that team, and um, I think we we played really solid, um, but we let up in a couple moments, and, and they got on the board, and we weren't able to get back. So um, uh, I think it just made us realize that like small mistakes they they add up, and um, like moving into the NCAAs, we had to clean up some areas and, and clean up those mistakes in order to be successful. And in your first game in the national tournament, you played against Boston College and won three to one. Talk about playing that game in front of your home crowd versus playing on the road during the previous year. And that, how did that help your team? Yeah, it was huge to play at home. That was the, the first time Clarkson had hosted an NCAA game on the women's side. And I, uh, we were actually the school was on spring break so we didn't have all the fan support that we usually would but nonetheless to to not having having had to travel down to Boston and to have the comfort of our own homes there to play the game um it was it was exciting um we came out we came out on fire um and we were determined um and it was it was an exciting win for us um and then just I just remember walking into the rink and like seeing Clarkson's boards all changed to the NCAA colors. It was motivating and we wanted more. So um, it was exciting coming off that game and knowing that we, we got our ticket to the frozen four. Yeah. And going into the frozen four, what was the message to your team before playing Mercyhurst? Because everyone thought Mercyhurst wouldn't even make it to the frozen four that year. So uh, you couldn't take that team lightly, I would assume. Yeah, that was exactly the message. Um, we can't take we can't take them lightly. Like anything can happen in a one game elimination. It's uh, you know any team can win. So uh, for us, it was important to, like I mentioned, stick to the game plan that we always had. And uh, I think we had a scare. I think we were down one nothing to start the game, and 
uh, we've started to panic a little bit, but once we kind of settled in and, and got our feet under us, um, we really started to capitalize on our chances. Um, and uh, yeah, but I think the most important message was like, we can't take them lightly. It's, it's only one game, anything can happen, so. Yeah, and I want to talk about the Frozen Four experience in general, not just playing in the games, but the atmosphere of the whole experience. Because I went to a Frozen Four for the men's side when I was in Boston back in 2015. It was really cool how they set it up and how the players enter the stadium. I was wondering if it was the same thing for the women's side, especially since you played in Hamden, Connecticut that year. Mm-hmm, yeah, Quinnipiac did a phenomenal job hosting uh, the Women's Frozen Four in 2014. And like you said, um, in your experiences of going to the men, yeah, they do a great job bringing us into the brink. They have the whole red carpet set up. Um, I'm pretty sure we even had police escorts who were bringing our buses to the rink um, from the hotels. So um, it really felt extremely professional and uh, it felt very special. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously Quinnipiac has a, an amazing rink and they drew in a lot of fans for those games. So the atmosphere was awesome. Clarkson's pep pen came down. So uh, we had that little home support, which was fun. But um, Frozen Four is uh, what an experience for the athletes that get to attend that. Yeah, and you won the national championship beating Minnesota in a very close game, five to four. Talk about the emotions you had after winning that game and just the, all the hard work you put in finally coming to fruition. Yeah, yeah, we, that was beyond exciting. Um, I get chills thinking back on it. And anytime I see any flashback memories from that game, uh, I just, uh, I get emotional because it was exciting. We were underdogs and um, we, had, we had a large number of seniors on our team that year and they were a huge component of our team. Um, and, you know, they worked so hard for that program in their four years at Clarkson. So for them to have finished with a national championship was so exciting for all of us. Um, and we were so proud of our seniors and, and that they could experience that and we could experience it as a team. So um, it, was, it was super amazing to win Clarkson's first national championship and um, to be the underdogs and do it against a school like Minnesota, who's known to be a powerhouse, uh, to claim that first title outside of, or for ECAC and outside of the WCHA was, was pretty special. Um, and I think it opened up doors for the school and the program. And as you've seen, it's just continued to grow. And um, uh, it was uh, so much fun to celebrate it with, with my teammates, my coaches, and all of our families that night. Yeah, speaking of the celebration, what was the coolest thing you got to do after winning the national championship? Did you get to meet anyone interesting or do anything that you never thought you were able to do? Oh, um, we didn't get to meet anyone. I know, I know some years um, the teams that win get to go down to the White House and meet the president. Um, we unfortunately didn't get to do that. Um, but uh, we did get to go. Uh, we went to one of the Syracuse basketball games, NCAA basketball games, and got to go on center court. Um, but when we came back into Potsdam, I think it was just pretty cool to come back and see all the signs up from for all the local businesses um, showing their support and how proud they were of the of the team. So um, I guess the biggest thing was just feeling feeling that support um, within the community and, and their excitement of us bringing it back to such a small town. Yeah, and what was it like playing the next season after winning the national championship? Obviously, your team had a huge target on their back. Did you feel any difference compared to the previous year? And what was it like playing with players that are playing their absolute best to take you guys out? Yeah, every night 
teams were playing their hardest against us. And um, I mean, why wouldn't you? We were the reigning champions and um, it was uh, it was it was definitely a year that you felt that pressure. Um, like I mentioned, we graduated a lot of seniors um, in that 2014 year and players who were big, big components of our team. So we kind of had a transition year that year, a little bit of a rebuild. We had a large freshman class that came in of talented players, but when you're a freshman, um, it's tough to find your feet. So uh, we had all new leaders. So it was definitely a rebuild year. So the two of those things combined made it tough, but um, we still managed to put together a really great season. Uh, we had some some success in that year, and uh, as the year got on, we we started to grow and grow more as a team. But um, you definitely felt uh, that you were getting everyone's best every single night, uh, and you had to be ready to play. Uh, and I think that that was a learning experience for us, and I think it made us better for the whole program, better for um, the years to come after that. And what would you say was your biggest improvement you made from your freshman year to your senior year of college? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd say my poise with the puck, um, just being able to be confident when the puck was on my stick and get my feet moving and get up ice and and not be afraid to make a play with it. Uh, I think I was a little bit hesitant coming in as a freshman and and uh, didn't really want to skate the puck too much. And, and by my senior year, I really felt that that was an aspect that I grew in and um, made me better overall. Yeah, and you were named assistant captain during your senior year. What type of leadership did you want to bring that team, and how honored did you feel to have that title? It's a huge honor when you get that opportunity to wear a letter on your jersey and be a leader for your team. Uh, but for me, uh, not a whole lot changed um, having that that letter on my jersey. Um, I've always been someone who, who tries to lead by example, and um, that's what I continue to do, I continue to be the person that I am. Um, but I really just, you know, I wanted to, to be that great teammate and someone who was there to support everyone um, and make them feel comfortable and confident. So um, it was a huge honor, and um, my teammates made it easy to wear that letter because um, they're all great people. But, uh, yeah, I try not to change and just stay myself and, and really uh, lead by example. Yeah, and you beat Quinnipiac in the tournament on the road that year in a very defensive battle, winning one to nothing. Talk about winning that quarterfinal on the road and the difficulties you had to face during that game. Yeah, well, the biggest difficulty, I think, was um, that year we really struggled to play against Quinnipiac. Um, I don't know if we won all year against them. They were beating us every time we played them. Uh, We had played them the week prior to um, that NCAA game and we lost one nothing and then we got matched up with them for that NCAA game Um, a week later we had to travel back down to Quinnipiac which is a really long bus ride from Potsdam Um, so it was back-to-back weekends traveling eight hours down to play Um, so I think those were some of the biggest parts of the game and then finally I always found that uh, Quinnipiac had a similar style of play to Clarkson in our defensive mindsets and we always fell into each other's traps like we, we played so similar that they knew what we were going to do and we knew what they were going to do. So it was hard to generate anything towards the net. Um, but that game was, uh, it was a battle. We scored in the first 10 seconds and then we held that lead for the rest of the game. Uh, but to do that my senior year and um, for us to get another opportunity to go to the Frozen Four, uh, we were so excited at the end of that game. And uh, yeah, we definitely celebrated that. And you played your final college hockey game against Boston College. What emotions were you feeling after that loss and knowing you played your final college hockey game? And what did you take away from your time at Clarkson overall? Yeah, that game against Boston College will go down as 
probably one of the hardest games that I've ever had to play through. Um, it was emotional. Uh, I remember being very nervous for Frozen Four uh, that year, just knowing that regardless, this is my last weekend of college hockey and, and who knows what my path is after if I continue to play or not. Um, so uh, it, it was it was tough. And um, that game in particular, we, we were leading all game long and then um, we lost in overtime at the beginning of overtime. And uh, I remember just instantly, like, as soon as that puck went in the net, I just put my head down and couldn't believe my college career was over. Uh, so it was, it was sad, but uh, looking back, uh, Clarkson was probably the greatest thing that happened to me uh, going to that school and, and getting the opportunity that I did to play and to play big minutes and, and um, to make, you know, some amazing lifelong friendships, learn as a player, a ton from my coaching staff. Um, it, it was phenomenal. I think um, one of the biggest things that I learned is how important it is to practice the way you're going to play. Uh, I always played alongside the the best players. Like we had so many great players on Clarkson and to practice against them every single, every single day, go to battle with them was uh, may, only made me better. And it made me realize how important it is to, to always practice at that high intensity level. So um, going to Clarkson was, was honestly looking back uh so huge for me i couldn't imagine having it any other way uh and i definitely owe a lot to the program and the coaches and my teammates for for the success we had have you ever had the chance to go back to clarkson and what's your thoughts on the team now because obviously they won the national championship again back in 2017 and they had a patty kazmaier award winner this past season as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I have gotten to go back uh, a fair amount of times. I try to go back once every year uh, and just watch the girls play and visit with some of the alumni and meet up with the coaches. Uh, but it's been amazing to watch the program grow. Um, like you mentioned, they've won two national championships since uh, since I've graduated. I think in total now they have three Patty Kazmaier Award winners. Uh, so it's it's pretty exceptional to see the growth in that program and. Um, I know a lot of the girls that are still there. I try to, you know, I try to still stay up to date with, with the players and their successes that they have. So um, it's, uh, yeah, it's exciting. I know the program's only going to keep growing, especially with the resources that Clarkson's putting into uh, their hockey programs with a new, new rink and some updates going on. So um, it's, it's exciting and I love going back there. I love being back in Potsdam. And after college, you got to play in the CWHL. Talk about that league and your experience there overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the CWHL was a great opportunity for me to play post-university. Um, I played for the Toronto Furies, which is uh, close to my hometown. Uh, so it was fun to play for that organization and to meet a whole bunch of, of new girls who I never had the opportunity to play with before. And um, the speed and the pace of the game at that level was, was great. So I definitely developed a lot that year. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great place to play, um, post university. Now I'd like to talk a little bit about the Olympics for a little bit. Um, how'd you find out you're going to team Canada and going to be part of the Olympics and how did it feel? Yeah, it was, uh, well, it was a long process to, to get there. So, um, my second year out of university, um, I was invited to move up to Calgary, Alberta and to try out for the Olympic roster. So they had invited 28 players um, to try out for a couple months and then they would finally select um, 23 players to head to the Olympics. So um, it was a stressful couple months out there in Calgary. Uh, we played 
I think about 50 games against some boys teams out there. And we also played the Americans quite a few times. Um, but uh, in late December, they were holding meetings to let players know if they were going to be selected or not selected to go to the Olympics. And uh, it was December 22nd. I'll never forget it right before Christmas. And um, I remember going into the office and uh, the head coach standing up and telling me I'd been selected to that team. And I was so excited. Um, I, I was a bubble player, so I really didn't know if I was going to make it or not heading into that meeting. Um, but it was, it, it was very exciting. And, and I was so excited to just get out of that room so I could call my parents and let them know that we were heading to the Olympics. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was exciting. Is that still the best Christmas gift you had up to this date? Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> now I want to uh, talk about the experience in South Korea. Obviously, before the Olympics happened, I didn't even know South Korea would be a it's very unconventional spot for hockey, just from looking out from the outside. But how was it uh, getting the play there, the opening ceremony, just that entire experience off the ice? Mm -hmm. Actually, surprisingly, when we got to the Olympics, we found out really quickly that the South Koreans were – like one of the most exciting events for them to watch was going to be hockey. They were really excited for that. So um, as you mentioned, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have picked South Korea to be somewhere where uh, big on hockey, but um, they were, which was great. Uh, but the whole experience there was, was amazing. And uh, they did a great job hosting the Olympics uh, from the opening ceremonies all the way to the closing ceremonies. We were treated like we were treated like gold. Um, we had amazing resources and, and, um, yeah, the opening ceremonies will still stick out to me as one of the best things, just to being able to walk in alongside all these athletes from your country who, who are the best in the world and, um, and to, to wear that red and white was, was pretty neat. You obviously lost the gold medal game against USA in a shootout. Talk about that loss and what you took away from it, especially since it was a shootout and people said that it should have not gone to a shootout. And also talk about how, what was it like to play in a big game like that because the gold medal game, at least for women's hockey, is probably one of the most watched games in the world. So losing that game in a tough way and getting to play in that big stage, just talk about your experience with that overall. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned, obviously ending a game, an Olympic final and a shootout is tough. Um, and I hope they do revisit that in the future and maybe change it. But at the end of the day, um, we knew heading into the Olympics that uh, the final game could potentially come down to a shootout. So we had to prepare for it um, regardless. But uh, definitely was a tough pill to swallow, losing in, losing in that shootout. Um, but to play on that stage and to uh, represent Canada uh, in a finals was, was surreal. Uh, you could feel the support even from so far away from home. Um, and like you mentioned, that's one of the most watched games of the Olympics, um, that women's final. So uh the spotlight was that was on a sprite i thought i was going to be really nervous for the game but once you get out there with your teammates uh it just feels like another game and uh it was i think i blacked out during the game to be honest <laughs> when i look back on it i don't know if i tried to push it out of my memory or what but when i look back on it there's some things that pop out in my memories but other things i i just like i don't even remember over time it just was like so stressful so um it was a great experience, obviously not the outcome we wanted, but nonetheless, um, looking back, it was incredible. And we're only going to grow from that experience as a program and um, as each individual players uh, from experiencing that. What was Team USA like playing against them? Because they obviously have some of the best hockey players in the world. 
Um, what was it like getting to compete with them and what challenges did they bring as a team? Mm -hmm, yeah, we were pretty familiar with Team USA because uh, we match up with them so often throughout a regular year. Obviously, this year is a little bit different with uh, COVID, but um, yeah, they're, they're a great team. Um, like you mentioned, they have some highly skilled players. And um, I think the biggest thing about Team USA when I think about it is just their speed and their skill. Um, they're, they're, they have both of that and they have so many players that have both of that combined, which is um, not common. A lot of the time you either have one or the other, but they have a high level of players who have both. So um, they're, they're a tough team to play against, but um, yeah, it's always fun to play against them because it's high, high level of competition um, you're playing for your country, so you want to win and uh, high energy. And we usually have great fans. So um, I love playing against Team USA. I love those pressure moments. And uh, I can't wait for another opportunity to, to play against them. I want to ask you now some about some of your, your teammates with Team Canada. You get to put some of the best female athletes in Canada. People that I have so much respect for, like Natalie Spooner, who is a great leader for that team. Sarah Nurse, who's just a fantastic player as well. And some player, another player I mentioned previously, Mary Fuapuan, who played with BU, we got to play with her with that game as well. Uh, what's it like to play with those players and how do they help you become a better player? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, they're all amazing players, like you mentioned. And um, I'm fortunate enough to, to play alongside um, Natalie Spooner and Sarah Nurse quite often um, as they live close by to me. So I'm on the ice with them a lot. And uh, being a defenseman and them both being forwards um, to match up with them on a regular basis is fun because um, they're pretty skilled and, and it tests me. Um, but I think I learned a lot from both of those two, um, just how much fun they have around the rink and how much fun they make hockey. So it keeps you light. It keeps you um, enjoying every time you're out there. So that's something I really take away from them. Um, and then Mary Philip Poulin, what can I say? She's the best player in the world, hands down. Um, she's our leader and um, she's an incredible teammate. Uh, you can learn so much from her just with her uh, poise with the puck. But then I think some of the biggest assets she brings is is the type of person she is um, and how she leads the national team and how she connects with players, young and old, um, and really makes them feel comfortable um, and that they can play on the national team. So uh, like you mentioned, it's, it's so much fun playing with some of the top players in Canada. And uh, every day I learn something new from a new player for sure. Yeah. And um, I like you, you won the national championship. You got to go to a Syracuse game, winning the silver medal. Was there anything cool you got to do after winning that? Did you get to meet anyone that was cool or do anything after that experience? Yeah, we got to do a lot of cool things after that, actually. Um, I think we went to every pro sports event in the Toronto area and received a jersey with our name on it and got recognized. So the Blue Jays game, the Raptors game, the Maple Leafs game. Um, it was pretty, it was pretty special. It felt like there was endless opportunities coming up, coming back from the Olympics, um, opportunities to meet with within the communities and, and share our stories and show our medals. Um, so it, it was, it was a fun time for sure. Um, we obviously wish it was a gold, but uh, it was still exciting to, to be able to show people that medal and, and especially the young ones who, um, you know, might have dreams to be in the same position that we are in. So um, we got to meet lots of fun people, but we also got to connect with um, a ton of the next generation. Yeah, now we're switching gears to the non-hockey segment of the podcast. Uh, my first question is, what's your favorite part of fall since it's just starting up? Oh, fall is my favorite season. Um, I definitely say uh, like the cool, crisp air and like 
the fresh air when you go outside. So um, I just love that. I find fall is the best time for it. It's not too cold. It's not too hot. It's perfect. So I love that. Now, what is your go-to karaoke song and who would you be your partner singing that song? Oh, okay. Um, I'd have to go with Up by Shania Twain only because it's been my go-to since I was a kid. I used to love singing that song. Um, and I think... I think I'd have to go with like Natalie Sweeter because she's the all-time karaoke singer. So she would definitely be able to, to tag team with me pretty easily. <laughs> you now are running the Fast Academy and you are also in the PWHPA. What has that been like so far and what do you hope to gain from that league since you got to play in the NHL All-Star game as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for, for the first thing you mentioned about um, running my own little hockey school, it's been so fun to connect with the girls in my local community and to get on the ice with them and uh, to see to see them grow year over year. Um, I've had a lot of girls come uh, multiple years and it's crazy how much they develop over the course of a year. So uh, it's super fun to just really connect connect with um, the next generation and, and hopefully inspire them to stay in sport. Um, and if, if they do, if they do have aspirations to play for the national team, hopefully I can be that, that role model for them. Um, but playing for the PWHPA um, is great. Uh, we, we have a really great group here in Toronto. Um, there's a lot of high end talent. So to get on the ice with them almost every night is, uh, is, is really good for all of us to develop, continue to develop. Um, obviously not being able to play games for the first half of this year is tough, but um, when, last year when we played games, uh, the games were, were fun. The showcase events we had uh, touring around North America uh, was really great. So um, yeah, uh, hopefully moving forward, we can establish uh, a professional league for us. Um, but for the time being, this has uh, been great to really grow our game. And what advice would you give younger athletes, especially girls, on how to pursue their hockey dreams? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think I mentioned it before. One of the things I learned at Clarkson, but is to practice the way you play. Um, I think sometimes we can get carried away with that practice, not not giving it our all, um, not engaging in battles like we would in a game. And I think anything you do in practice translates into games, especially those small habits. So um, I think if I'd say if there's anyone who is aspiring to to grow and to, and to continue to play hockey at very high levels, that's going to be a key aspect of your development moving forward. Um, and then in the end, it's all about having fun. If, if you're not having fun, you're not going to perform well. So um, enjoy your teammates and uh, go to the rink every day with a smile and with an attitude that yeah, you're enjoying every moment of it. Because when you're having fun, you're going you're gonna to grow as a player as well. And what would you do to help grow women's hockey? Obviously, you have that the PWHPA that's really helping out a lot. But is there anything else that uh, we could do as a podcast, especially to help um, grow women's hockey? Yeah, well, it's great what you're doing right now, spotlighting um, a bunch of female athletes and uh, telling a little bit more about their stories so people can uh, people can feel like they have a connection with players and really get to know them and, and follow their journeys. But um, I think uh, moving even greater, uh, a big part is, is visibility. Um, this is one step towards it, but obviously in the future, it'll be great um, to, to be on TV more often for, um, you know, ever, people of all ages to watch us play and to, to feel like they have a connection with us and to feel like they understand uh, us as players. So um, I think that would be kind of our next biggest push. Uh, and that will only allow, you know, women's hockey to continue to grow worldwide. 
Now, is there any shout outs you'd like to give to any family members, former teammates or current teammates with Team Canada? Uh, yeah, obviously, I always want to give a shout out to my family because uh, they're the ones that support me all the time. Uh, they're my biggest cheerleaders and I couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for their support and for their uh, you know, their positive energy that they feed me all the time. Um, and then I'd also, since this is college hockey, I'd love to give a shout out to um, all my Clarkson teammates, especially my class, uh, Shannon McCauley, Olivia Howe, and Aaron Ambrose, because uh, I had a phenomenal time with my four years with those girls, and uh, we're still all great friends. So uh, yeah, I'd give a shout out to those girls. Well, thank you so much, Renata, for coming on. I wish you all the best in the future and stay safe. But yeah, no, thanks so much. And I hope you enjoy uh, the rest of your day. Just want to say thank you so much to Renata for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, she's one of the nicest people I've ever met. So it was great and a huge honor for me to get the chance to have her on the podcast and interview her. I wish her nothing but the best moving forward with her future endeavors and with Team Canada. And I know she's going to have great success in whatever she does in the future. Now, I want to start off talking about uh, the women's college hockey season because it starts off tomorrow, believe it or not, or today because this episode's getting released on Friday. This WCHA and Hockey East kick off their seasons, and some ECAC and CHA schools have some non-conference games uh, to start off the year tomorrow as well. Um, here are my predictions, just what I think are going to happen throughout these conferences. So let's start off with the WCHA. Now, the WCHA is one of the most loaded conferences in women's college hockey this year. Uh, top to bottom, there's some really good teams, I think, in this conference that could definitely make some noise if they were in other conferences that weren't the WCHA. But the two main teams that I think are going to carry this division and are going to be neck and neck throughout the year is going to be Wisconsin and Minnesota. These two teams are freaking loaded. There's just no question about it, especially Wisconsin. They have a great recruiting class coming in uh, with lead, led by Casey O'Brien and McKenna Webster uh, from Shattuck St. Mary's. They also have some two other good recruits that are in there as well. Minnesota has some good recruits, especially Maggie Nicholson uh, from Minnetonka High School. So those are just some key freshmen to look out for from those two teams but I think those two teams are just loaded and I think they're definitely going to be the two top contenders in the WCHA my personal prediction is I think Wisconsin will win this conference but definitely Minnesota will give them a run for their money for sure now I know a lot of people will be focusing on those two teams and rightfully so they're really good teams but there's some other teams in this conference that are really good and can definitely contend uh, for this WCHA tournament I think Ohio State is this another team to look out for. They are very loaded. They obviously won the WCHA this past year. They have some great seniors led by Tatum Skaggs and Emma Malte, who are just outstanding players. Uh, they have a really good junior class. I think they have some good goaltending as well, and they're really well coached by Nadine Muzzerall. So that's another team to look out for in the WCHA that will definitely give Wisconsin and Minnesota a run for their money and will ruffle feathers a little bit in the WCHA conference. Another team I think that is good is Bemidji State. I like their seniors a lot, especially led by Claire DeGeorge. Uh, she's a great player and Bemidji State could definitely do some uh, damage in WCHA. I just don't think they're as good as Minnesota, Ohio State, or Wisconsin. That's why I have them a little bit lower in my rankings. And then another team that I think would do very well that no one's really talking about is 
is Minnesota Duluth. I mentioned them in a few episodes ago, how great I think their team is. Uh, They're a very young team. I love the recruits that came in this year. I think they had probably one of the most underrated recruiting classes in women's college hockey. Uh, Katie Davis is someone to look out for for a freshman in the Duluth team. Uh, they They did lose some key seniors, but I think they replaced them with some good recruits. They still have some key returning players like Gabby Hughes. I think Minnesota Duluth has a really good shot in making the tournament this year, and I think will be a good contender in the WCHA. I think other teams that are in the conference, like Minnesota State, um, St. Cloud State, I think they're good teams, but I, th- I just think compared to the other top five teams that are in the WCHA, they maybe might not be ready yet to compete uh, with those teams, but we'll definitely see. I think Minnesota State made some huge strides this past year to show that they could be contenders in the WCHA, and they're definitely a team to look out for. I just personally think Duluth, Ohio State, Minnesota, and Wisconsin are just really loaded and will be really going at it in the WCHA along with Bemidji State right in their ruffling feathers in that standings. Personally, I think Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Ohio State will make the tournament. I think Minnesota Duluth will be really close to make the tournament, but I think just with other conferences and just that only the, the fact that only eight teams uh, make the tournament in women's college hockey, I just think they'll barely miss out on the national tournament, but I feel like they'll do very well in the WCHA tournament, and I think they'll definitely ruffle feathers in the st- standings, like I just said, but I just think those three teams will make the uh, national playoffs and it'll be a really fun conference to watch. I'm really excited for the WCHA. There's so many great players in this conference, so many great teams, and I'm really excited to see how things look and what the teams will look like and who will eventually win this conference. And this is definitely the best conference, in my opinion, in women's college hockey for sure. Some great teams, some great players, and something definitely to look out for. Now, the next conference I'm going to talk about is Hockey East. Now, Hockey East is kind of a one-horse race that's how I define it. I think Northeastern is really is probably the best team in this conference. They're just loaded. They're led by goaltender Aaron Frankel, who's probably the best goalie in women's college hockey. They have a great defense. They have some players who can score like Katie Knoll, Alina Mueller, and Chloe Ayard. So they're a really good team, and I feel like they're going to win the Hockey East. That's just my prediction. Um, they did lose some key role players. I think Cody Cross was a big loss for them. On the blue line, Paige Capistran, their captain, was a big loss, and Maddie Hartman. I think they're definitely going to feel those losses especially at the beginning of the season but I think they got some good recruits and they obviously have some good coaching and good leadership that I think will figure it out towards the beginning of the season and put them on the right track for success in Hockey East I really think they're going to do well in this conference they're the two teams that I feel like are going to give Northeastern a good run for their money though is BC and BU now I said in previous podcasts that I didn't think BC deserved to be considered for the top 10 rankings and I still feel like that today but that doesn't mean they're a bad team they're a really good team they have a great defense led by Kayla Barnes and Savannah North cross. I think the goaltending they have that they got uh, during the offseason was very good. Um, and they have some scoring with Hannah Bilka, so they're definitely a good team. I just think compared to BU, who I'm going to talk about in a sec, and some other teams nationally, they're just not as strong, and I don't think they're going to make the tournament this year, to be honest with you. I think only one or two teams from Hockey East will make the tournament, unless another team uh, surprises me, which I think could happen. This conference is very good, but I think the other team that will make the tournament from Hockey East, like I just said, was Boston University. They had the best recruiting class, in my opinion, in this conference, led by Lacey Martin from Minnetonka High School school. Um, Just great players overall from 
this conference uh, or from this team, BU. Uh, they have some key returning players like Jesse Confer and Abby Cook, and they have a good defense as well. And I think they have a great goaltending in Kareem Schroeder, who I think will be a key to their success. And I'm very excited to see what this BU team looks like. And I think compared to BC, they're a lot better than they are. However, compared to Northeastern, I think they're not as good as Northeastern. But I think they're good enough to make the national tournament and to do well in Hockey East. Now, there's many other schools in Hockey East to look out for. I think UConn's in the team to look out for. They have really good players. I think they had a pretty good recruiting class as well. And Natalie Snodgrass is obviously one of the best uh, women's college hockey players. And I feel like she would definitely give UConn a chance to win this conference, as she has done in the past few years, led by other good players. Cameron Wong's another good player from UConn that I think has done a great job in that blue line for the Huskies. They have some good goaltending as well. I think UConn is a pretty good team and definitely can make some noise in Hockey East for sure. They made the finals last year. I can definitely see them making the finals again this year and maybe even winning the whole thing and surprising a lot of people. Uh, Providence is a good team. They got some good offense with Hunter Barnett as a new transfer. Sierra Barone's pretty good and Haley Lunny obviously did well last year and I feel like she's going to do well this year. Um, just going through the list of other hockey teams, I think Holy Cross is another good team. I know a lot of people are, are kind of down on them since they didn't have a good record, but I think if their goal scorers can figure it out, that's a team to look out for. Um, just some good talent in this conference. I'm really excited to see what hockey looks like this year. UNH is another good team. They lost some very key seniors, but they have some good returners coming back, and I think they recruited well. I don't think it's this this is their year this year, but I think next year is definitely a team. Uh, UNH is definitely a team uh, to look out for. Tally Warren, one of the best defenders in Hockey East. Uh, so some really good players in this conference. I think I think ultimately Northeastern BU will make it out and make the national tournament. I think Northeastern will win Hockey East again this year, but I think they're definitely going to have some competition with some of these other schools. I just ultimately think Northeastern is the best team and will win this entire conference, but we'll definitely have to see for sure. Um, CHA has a lot of good teams. I ultimately think that it's going to be Penn State, Syracuse, Robert Morris, or Mercyhurst that will definitely come away with that division, but it's going to be, going to be a four-team race uh, for the CHA. There's some really good players and really good teams in this conference, even though I think it gets overlooked at times by some of the national correspondents in women's college hockey, but there's some really good players. I think Mercyhurst has Summer Ray Dobson and Alexa Vasco, who are two just absolutely fantastic players for Mercyhurst, and I think they will ultimately get the the job done and win the CHA for Mercyhurst. That's who I predict will win this conference, but I think Penn State will definitely give them a good run. They had a great recruiting class led by Chicago Mission superstar Lindy Lobdell. Um, they have other good recruits as well, and Natalie Heising is another good player from Penn State and will definitely give Mercyhurst a run for their money. I think Robert Morris has some good players, some good returning players as well, who are seniors and looking to try to win their first CHA championship, so that's a team to look out for. And Syracuse has some really good players as well, and they'll definitely give Mercyhurst a run for their money. Ultimately, I just think Mercyhurst will find a way and win this conference. And the ECAC, I'm not going to talk about the ECAC at the moment because I don't know if they're going to have a season. I don't know if those schools are going to go independent and just try to play a fully non-conference schedule. We'll see. But when the ECAC announces something, I'll definitely talk about uh, what I think that conference will look like when it comes to the women's college hockey. So those are just my predictions of what I think are going to happen. It's definitely going to be an interesting year without um, any Ivy League schools. I think some of the Ivy League schools in women's college hockey were really good and had a chance to make the tournament like Princeton and Cornell 
but without their presence, who knows what the tournament will look like, and I think it'll lead uh, for certain teams to get in the tournament that normally wouldn't have made it in a non-COVID year, but we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm really excited for the women's college hockey season. So many great players, so many great teams to watch, and I hope you guys get the opportunity to check these players and these teams out because they're so good, and they deserve to have just as much attention as the men's college hockey players do. Now let's talk a little bit about the men's college hockey season. Um, LIU got their first win tonight against Holy Cross. I caught the end of that game. A great overtime goal, and I think LIU has a good chance of being a good startup program for Division I college hockey. It's good to see that they're having some success early on in their start of their new program, and I'm just excited to see what that team brings for this year. Atlanta Hockey is starting soon. I personally think uh, AIC will win this conference. They have some good key returning players and I think they have a good goaltender in Stefano Durante that will get the job done for them. But I think there's a lot of teams uh, trying to win that conference as well, and they will definitely be uh, fun to watch and see who will win the Atlantic Hockey. Hockey East starts their season this weekend as well as UConn and UMass take on each other in a two-game series. I am pumped for this series. As I mentioned in the beginning of our podcast, if you follow our Twitter, I'll be live tweeting this series. I'm really interested to see what UConn will look like this year. I think they're probably the most overlooked team in Hockey East. They're ranked 7th in the preseason poll, which I completely disagree with. I think they have some key returning players. They had some really good recruits this year, and I think they'll definitely give teams a run for their money in Hockey East. Ultimately, I think Boston College will win this conference, but UConn's definitely a team not to be overlooked, and I think it'll be interesting to see how they match up against a good team like UMass this weekend, so I'm very excited for that game. Uh, Speaking of Boston College, they play UNH this weekend. I think UNH will do well. Uh, I think they'll definitely hang in there, but ultimately I think BC will probably come through and win this series, but definitely uh, look out for Angus Cruikshank. He was on our podcast uh, this summer, um, and I think he'll definitely make a big impact for UNH and help them uh, beat BC. Ultimately, though I think BC will come out on the other end and win this series but it'll be interesting to see uh, what it looks like especially from UNH's perspective since they won't have any fans at the Whittemore Center which I think gives them an advantage over other teams at times but we'll have to see how the lack of fans will affect some of these college hockey teams. Now in the Big Ten Minnesota beat Penn State 4-1. to Minnesota looks really good this year just from watching this one game, and I might be wrong about how they didn't deserve to be a top 25 team. Actually, I'll just come out and say it. I was wrong. They look really good. They have some really good players. I think after a year of experience, will really do well in the Big Ten. But speaking of the Big Ten, the team that I think is going to win this conference just after watching the first three games is Michigan. They beat Wisconsin pretty good today, five to two. Wisconsin did put up a good did put up a good fight, but ultimately Michigan got the better end and won this game five to two. They look really good. They blew out Arizona State last weekend. They're showing Wisconsin that they are better than them on the road, by the way. And I think Michigan is definitely going to be a team not to mess with. They have a lot of first round picks on this team and some first round picks from this year and some first round picks for next year's draft to look out for. Uh, They're a good team and they're definitely a team uh, not to be messed with and I ultimately think they're going to win the Big Ten and they're definitely going to make the tournament this year. But it's going to be basically neck and neck race with between Minnesota and Michigan. I think some other teams would definitely give those two teams a run for their money but just from the early uh, watchings of this conference those two teams are definitely sticking out and I think it will definitely make a big impact in this conference but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Arizona State tied with Michigan State. Arizona State's been pretty disappointing to me this year. They got blown out by Michigan. I thought they should have put up a better fight than 
what they did last weekend, and they really didn't impress me that well at Michigan State. So they're definitely a team to watch out for. I don't know if it's just playing in a conference. They're usually independent. I don't know if that has any effect on Arizona State this year or that the fact that their schedule might be a little bit harder than it normally is. I don't know. It just... It just Arizona State does not look the same. Obviously, Johnny Walker didn't play tonight. That definitely has an effect on them. But I think they'll eventually figure it out and try to figure out a way to be in the rankings and try to win a tournament, um, make a tournament appearance this year. I think they will, but I think their early struggles are definitely something to look out for for the Sun Devils. Now, the WCHA starts on Saturday. Some key games there. I'll go over that on a later podcast i just can't do it tonight because i don't have all my analytics research for the teams that i normally have or any of the game scores but i'll definitely talk about the wcha conference on a later podcast they start their um, season saturday i think lake superior state and michigan tech uh, play some games on saturday so definitely look out for those teams you can catch it on flow sports tv and I'm just checking it now. Michigan Tech does play Lake Superior State. Okay, I was right. Um, so that'll be a fun game to watch. And I ultimately think I think Michigan uh, Tech will win this game just because uh, they got some good recruits this year. Um, that'll wrap up today's podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys listening to the interview and to my analysis of what I think is going to happen in the women's college hockey season and some of the recap of what's going on in the men's college hockey season. I'm really excited for the season to start. Basically, it starts tomorrow, in my opinion, just because all the conferences are starting to get going i think ecac is like the only conference that hasn't really done anything yet but i'm excited to see what these teams look like i'm excited to see what the college hockey season brings and please follow our podcast and our instagram page because we just have constant updates of what's going on and some cool highlights some cool content and some just discussion about what is going on in this year's college hockey season and some great interviews on the podcast that you do not want to miss but i'll see you guys tomorrow with a big interview then take care everyone have a great day and bye one step forward and another back I will never try to fool ya I'm one heartbeat away from going mad Girl, when you look like that Closer, closer I'ma get closer to you Yeah, got me Got me hooked on you once again
smiling like that, I could never resist it. Smiling like that, I can never resist it. Ooh.